quietly on a chair or the living room couch, rocking forward and backward for hours, staring straight ahead off into the distance. Behind Audrey, my brother Matt, a rambunctious eight-year-old with strawberry blonde hair parted down the middle, dragged our one hard-shelled suitcase across the muddy floor. Luke and I carried our clothes in plastic bags. Even at seven, Luke looked like my father, with a strong, square jaw, perfectly straight teeth, and a wide smile. Mom said Luke was developmentally delayed, but unlike Audrey, he was quiet and predictable, full of smiles and softness. Families with cinnamon-colored skin gave us quizzical looks as we shuffled by, especially the mothers, who tittered to each other in Spanish, their thick black hair pulled tightly into ponytails. I couldn't help but stare right back at their bright red lipstick, thick black eyeliner, stockings, and high heels, and at the men in white straw cowboy hats, their silver belt buckles cinching tight jeans that always led down to fancy boots. Hang on tight, sis, Mom said as I gripped the waistband of her polyester pants. She looked down and smiled. Her glasses inched down her nose so far she had to crinkle it to keep them from falling off altogether. I see an open seat where we can all sit down. She led us to a nondescript bank of green plastic chairs. You kids stay put, she commanded and handed Aaron off to Matt. I've got to call Maudie's store before we leave. Maudie's was LeBaron's general store. Maudie sold snack foods, paletas, and soft drinks out of room built off the front of her house. Maudie's also served as the post office in a town where none of the homes had addresses, and it housed the only public telephone in a town with almost no private ones. You could call Maudie's from anywhere and leave a message for anyone in town. I listened as Mom called and left the same message she had the day before to tell Lane that the six of us needed a ride home from the bus stop in LeBaron. Cero uno uno cinco dos seis tres seis. Si, por favor. Gracias, Mom said in her thick American accent as she winked and smiled at us. Mom never learned to speak Spanish well. I sometimes thought she was only pretending that she didn't speak Spanish so that she wouldn't have to talk to Alejandra, Lane's first wife, who was Mexican and barely spoke English. Mom left him a message and rushed back to tell us that we needed to head outside to get in line for the bus. Mom had been running from the moment we'd arrived in El Paso, the five of us kids struggling to keep up as she collected our food stamps and waited in long lines at the bank to cash the government assistant checks. But as soon as we stepped out into the wet December weather, Mom stopped us, transfixed by a refrigerator-sized cardboard box on the sidewalk, open at both ends. What does she need that box for, I wondered. Is someone sleeping inside there? Mom called out to no one in particular. She stopped and squinted through her glasses to get a better look. She let go of Audrey's hand and tiptoed closer to the open flaps. Sure enough, there was a boy inside. He looked about ten years old. Barefoot, no coat, no blankets, no pillow, nothing. We must have woken him. He bolted out from the box's other end. His t-shirt looked three sizes too small and was full of holes, and the cold had turned his lips dark purple. In Spanish, Mom asked the boy his name. He just stared at her motionless with fear, the way an animal might, the way Audrey sometimes did. Matt took off his jean jacket and asked Mom if he could give it to the boy. Are you sure you want to give your jacket away? Mom asked. It's the only one you have, and you might get cold on the bus. Matt nodded, and Mom said okay. 
My brother walked up to the boy and wrapped it around his shoulders. The boy slipped his arms inside the sleeves and zipped it up quickly. I was impressed by Matt's generosity, even as I said a silent prayer of thanks that my coat was too small for the boy. Mom unzipped our suitcase, pulled out one of my brother's sweaters and a pair of socks. Here, give these to him too. Matt did as he was told. The boy gave the barest tint of a smile and then crawled back into the box. Matt shrugged his shoulders in his wool sweater, shivered, and stuffed his hands in his jean pockets. We got on the bus and Mom handed Audrey a tattered deck of red cards. Card shuffling was one of my sister's favorite pastimes and one of the few things that Mom could depend on to keep her from pulling at the threads in her clothes. I took off my coat so I could use it as a pillow and thought about the refrigerator box boy and the children begging and selling candies on the streets of Juarez. I was jealous of my cousins in the States. They used to live in Mexico too, but after my dad died...